Welcome back to Both Sides with Stephen Connor, partnered with the Unsilenced Voices of the CMSD. Um, today, we have a very special guest. We have someone who works at my school, Campus International High School. He teaches DP history, Mr. Sam Cohn. Mr. Cohn, tell the people about yourself real quick. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Um, geez, uh, this is my sixth year in CMSD. Um, I love shooting the breeze with Stephen and other students. I really like following current events. And hopefully when you learn about history, you can learn a little bit about what you want to do with the world, not just focus on the past. So I'm excited to talk about what's going on in the world. That's good. That's good. So our topic for today is going to be about the Build Back Better plan and mostly the social spending spree um, that Joe Biden is currently trying to get negotiated between Joe Manchin and Christy Cinema and the progressives within the Democratic Party. Um, at first, this was going to be a $6 trillion bill, but that means we got shot down. Um, Bernie introduced it as like a $6 trillion deal, and then it got shot down. Then it went from that to 3.5, and now it's currently being negotiated. Um, my thoughts on this social spending spree are pretty straightforward. I mean, some things I don't know how I fully feel about, but one thing I know I'm not in favor of in this bill is universal pre-K and universal community college. Um, I want to touch on universal community college first, because I think that is the more reasonable one to discuss first, only because community college is cheaper. And I feel as if me personally, I wouldn't want to pay for it in tax money, taxpayer dollars. I don't feel like we should pay for college for anyone, unless it's the rich. And I feel like it's very difficult to tax the rich. That's my whole kind of issue with the whole social slash progressive movement is that all they ever talk about for paying it is taxing the rich. And I really don't see a way to do that. But that's another discussion. But I, well, feel I think I think that's the isn't that the same discussion? Because, you know, all these numbers that they're saying, right, they're they're figuring out part of the discussion is is what way will they increase taxes or what way will they actually fund the programs that they're going to spend spend on so i think that's part of the discussion okay yeah that is true we could talk about that because i think i'm all for taxing the rich i don't want anyone to think that i'm not i'm all for uh, taxing big because i'm for the middle class and a lot of things fall on the middle class and my big scare with all these big spending deals and all this is that like somehow it's going to end up falling on the middle class again to pay for it. And so with the universal community college, um, universe, um, community college already is cheaper than regular universities. So it's easier for people to afford, but it makes sense why you will want it to be universal. I actually understand why they were wanting universal because it actually, it makes sense. It actually, that actually makes sense to me. However, if it does ever pass, which it is going to be left out of the final um, social spending spree, it is going to be left out of it. But if it does ever pass, I think it will be okay. And if it does fall on the middle class, I don't think it will be that bad. Only because, let's be honest, community college isn't that much. How do you feel about um, universal community college? Well, you know what? I think I actually agree with you in that um, I think... Wait, well, wait, I, I can't remember. What was your position about the pre-K? 
Oh, I don't agree with universal pre-K. Oh, I, I actually see it. I, I see it completely upside down from you, actually. Um, I think I think that I'd be happy to talk about community college, but um, I think that universal pre-K is actually more important um, than than community college. Um, and I'd be happy to tell you more about that later. But with regards to community college, um, I don't know. I mean, like, like, um, what does debt even really mean, Stephen? What, you know, you say like you're worried about it falling on the middle class. Like, what, what's going to happen, man? Tell me, what are your concerns? My concern is like, for instance, the middle class is the backbone of this country and they do pay for a lot of things in this country because the lower income people can't always pay taxes. And as you know, the rich, um, they definitely, some of them do pay the taxes, but a lot of them don't pay their fair share. So it falls on the middle class and the middle class always complains. The middle class always get left out. And it's always everyone but the middle class who has seen that stuff benefits. And I feel like all these plans are meant to help the middle class. But if they don't like if you don't tax the rich, like if you don't tax the rich or tax the corporations, if that falls through and you pass all these things, then it is going to fall on the middle class. And therefore, the people you're meant to help are you're going to end up hurting. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, I agree with you that it's hard to tax the rich. And that's why I'm really frustrated that like the um, cinema and mansion, I guess, are holding up um, extra funding for the IRS which I think is a huge loss for the Democrats because like, that's exact, I 100% agree. Like the more people evade taxes and the more people get out of it, the sore, the more sore, like the rest of the country feels where it's like, it's not worth it for us to try to evade taxes because it's too stressful. Um, so I definitely 100% you. Um, I just don't, I just like, you know, I grew up at a time where like we went into like two giant wars and spent trillions of dollars on wars that were a huge failure. So it just feels like, it just seems like every time, like we want to spend money on our own people and then people start crying about, Oh, it's going to like hurt us so much. I'm just like, uh, it just rings so hollow. Um, and then, and more importantly, the biggest lesson, cause when I was graduating high school, we were going through the great recession. Um, and you know, I was very lucky that um, my directly affected other people's family, you know, divorces, moving, selling their homes, parents losing jobs, parents splitting up, kids moving. Um, it was it was a stressful time. And like the biggest lesson from that was that the government didn't spend enough money and we didn't spend it quickly enough. Um, and so, like, I mean, it's just so frustrating for me watching I agree with you watching like these more progressive ideas that I think could be really helpful um, fall by the wayside. Yeah, I agree. I also the comment about the wars, I agree with you. I think some of the wars we've gotten into over the last few years, especially one more recent ones um, were very unnecessary and very uh, uncost. Like I feel like when we do, because like me, 
I don't think anyone should depend on the government, but it's actually people who do need the government. I mean, like there actually are people who need the government and sometimes the government does need to interfere. Like if we have big disaster or something, I think the government should help to a certain extent with funding. But then like my Republican colleagues, then they're kind of hypocritical because they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't depend on the government. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Well, they didn't expect their house to um, fall through when the tornado came. So, I mean, what you mean? So I do think that we could be do better as a country with the whole, oh, this costs too much or that costs this much or all that stuff. I think we could. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, I, what what makes you still want to be part of the Republican Party? That's my question for you. Because it sounds uh, like it sounds like your politics are a little bit different than some of the Republican friends that I have. <laughs> well, uh, what makes me still want to be Republican is the overall values. I mean, if we're being honest, the main thing that Republicans stand for when I did all my research is I found out is minding your own business and staying out of people's lives. And my biggest issue with conservatives are that they don't stay out of people's lives, like abortion rights, for instance. Um, what happened to minding your own business? Um, I like the values. I don't think you should depend on the government also. So all these social plans, all this stuff that's out there, like food stamps, all that, I don't really, I'm not really for it. Um, I do understand that some people need it, but people are consistently, people like are consistently using it for bad reasons. And to me, the Democrats, like the like whenever I take tests and stuff, I end up as a moderate Republican. I end up on the more moderate side or sometimes I get libertarian. <laughs> but uh, I feel- <laughs> Libertarians. Like, yeah. yeah. But I feel as if though, honestly, I don't think any party has the true answers um, for America. And that's why we have two parties. I think in order for us to get anything accomplished, we need both sides. But I like the overall values of Republicans. And I think it's time we bring back the overall values. Um, I think people nowadays, when they see Republicans, they think Trump, they think Ron DeSantis, they think crazy. And then they just like, oh, no, 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 no. But I don't think if people really dove in deeper and looked up, did more research, I think we will have as many republicans as we do democrats in this country interesting okay sorry i'm hijacking it's okay <laughs> okay do you want me to do you want to stay focused on on build back better or can can the conversation flow what's your preference Stephen? um the conversation can flow okay because i'm a notorious hijacker <laughs> it's okay. okay so so Stephen, let me ask you a question Remember when we had water bottles at our school? Yes. And people were playing with water bottles. And so what happened? They got taken away. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about it? It was justifiable. I mean, we didn't do what we were supposed to do with the water bottles. And actions have consequences. So we didn't want them taken. We should have handled them correctly. So you're saying, so you're saying that like the five students who are playing with water bottle, like, like, have the power should be able to lose it for the other like 350 who just want to drink water including the staff who just want to drink water <laughs> you know what i never thought about it like that honestly though i mean with me what i saw i mean i saw water bottles in every classroom i was in and like it would be halfway drunk in water bottles no half drinkers 
So I think people just overall misuse the water bottles. <laughs> so I think that's what led for them to get taken away in school. I mean, you can still get some water bottles. You just gotta know some people, you know. <laughs> what? See, I don't. I don't even see. You gotta hook me up with this. I'm actually sorry. Yeah, about I gotta that hook past. you up on Monday. <laughs> yeah, geez. Well, so that I mean, that's just my comment with regards to food stamps. Like, like whenever you have a system, there will be cheaters or there will be people who are taking advantage. But I guess the way I see it is like. Why should people who just want to drink water, why should the students and staff who just want like a water that they know like doesn't have COVID on it, like why should they get it taken away because a few people are taking advantage? That's that's actually a good comparison. With the whole food stamp thing, I don't think it should get taken away. Um, I do see why people need it. I just personally don't support it. Uh, but I do see why people do need it. And I just think that, unfortunately, people do use it for the wrong reasons or take advantage of it. And I hear a lot of times from a lot of uh, senators, well, some senators, um, some Congress people, like lately with this whole um, going back to work thing, with, because, you know, as you know, the job reports haven't been really up to par as it should be and i feel like a sure. lot of that isn't biden's fault because biden has other things to worry about we have, i feel like he has too much on his plate so the jobs are going to be neglected but also people for some reason won't go back to work and it's actually people who feel like they're getting made paid more by staying at home than they actually are going out and getting the job. You, you know, the stats don't support that. DeWine reduced, DeWine cut off the federal, the added federal assistance for Ohio unemployment okay. insurance, and it hasn't led to an increase in, mm. in people taking jobs. So I don't yeah. know if the stats support that, but I want to ask you, who is your, who's your model Republican? Who's like, who's your guy right now? Is it um, Hogan in Maryland? Who's your, who's your guy where you're like, if we're going to, if this Republican party is going to have a little bit of a resurrection, it's going to be based on this person or this person. All right. So I like John McCain and Mitt Romney. Obviously John McCain is currently deceased. Uh, yes. Currently, deceased. Is he coming back to life? <laughs> no, no, he's deceased. You got bad. some inside I'm knowledge. He's deceased. And Mitt Romney, um, I found out was in his 70s. A little too old. He looks good though. Yeah, he yeah. Um, but it's two I have in mind: John Kasich and Phil Scott, the governor of Virginia. Um, mm. Phil Scott is more like me. He's a moderate Republican, and I really like him. I mean, he voted for Biden in the 2020 election, so and he's a Republican elected in Vermont. That's impressive because Vermont in, in Vermont. Yeah. Phil oh wow! Scott. I don't know anything about him. Tell me more. Um, Phil Scott, yeah, he's the governor of Vermont. He's really popular there, shockingly. Um, he res he's like me. I, I don't agree with Bernie, but I respect Bernie. Um, we're more left when it comes to social issues, but when it comes to government, we're conservative. Like, we don't think the government should be in people's lives. We should have low spending, um, school choice, all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I like him. And I also like the former governor of Ohio, John Kasich. Um, I like that he stood up to um, 
Trump. And I also, I like Mike DeWine. I, I hope he gets reelected. But my biggest red flag with him was with the whole abortion situation here. You know, the Texas abortion law that passed? That passed here with DeWine. He was going to pass it, but the judge vetoed it. John Kasich refused to pass it. And I like John Kasich because of that. Um, that that kind of is me with abortion. He felt like that was too extreme. And he felt like that was against the Constitution. And I feel like that bill is against the Constitution. And we just need more common sense Republicans. And I feel like as long as certain people are alive or around in the Republican Party, people like Phil Scott and um, former Governor uh, Kasich won't be able to like run for president or won't be able to lead the Republican Party. I would love for John Kasich to run for the Senate here since Rob Portman is retiring. I would love for him to run for the Senate, but I just don't think he would get elected because he doesn't like Trump and it's a Trump-backed candidate who's running, who's probably going to end up winning. Whew. Well, we'll see how that turns out. I'm excited to see uh, who's going to run for uh, Portman. I think my money's on Nan Whaley uh, for the Democratic side, but um, okay, thanks for the explanation. I, I have a better idea of who you're who your Republican North stars are, so to speak. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a tier list. Like number one is going to be Mitt Romney always forever. What about, um, what about, um, what's, what's her name? Liz Cheney. What about Liz Cheney? Liz Cheney. I, I forgot about Liz Cheney. I like Liz Cheney. Um, she, she stood up for what she believed into, which was nice. And I feel like she somewhat represents what's left of the Republican party, the good of the Republican party. Um, I don't agree with everything she says. I don't agree with. She's pretty conservative, said, but of course, she, yeah. But she, she's you know, if she ran for president in twenty twenty four, I would back her in the Republican primaries. I would back her. I would campaign for her. I already cool. kind of sort of have an idea of who I think could beat Trump with the Republicans in twenty twenty four. That's my biggest task. Um, when it gets to the general election, I might not vote for the person, but I do think they have the best shot. So I don't know if I'll support her, but if that person doesn't run, then all options are open for me. I'm kind yeah. of, I'm kind of on a never, never Trump or Republican. I'm one of those. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I like democracy too. I don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't like Matt Gates. I don't like Ted. I used to like Ted Cruz back in 2015, 2016, when he was less crazy. I don't know what happened to him. Now I just, <laughs> we don't get along. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, I, I really wish your Republican colleagues the best, but unfortunately your Republican Party might not be coming back from the white nationalism anytime soon. <sighs> I, I know, I know. Yeah. <sighs> they need more people like me. <laughs> RIP. I agree. Oh my God. I agree. You should, um, I, we, we got to get like a, I wonder if Cuyahoga Republican would come on and, and speak to you, but anyway, I got to get back to preschool. Cause I'm so, I'm so, um, I'm so interested why you don't think preschool spending is worthwhile because, uh, what I know from the, uh, adolescent psychology I had to do when I was in teacher school is that your brain develops as much from zero to five as it does from five to 18. So it's actually with regards to how far does your money go, right? For us business-minded Republican thinkers, the highest, the highest return dollars to spend on kids is zero to five. So I'm curious why, why you don't think preschool would be a good idea. Okay, so um, 
I'm going to start off with a head start and other spending things that are in place. Um, a head start isn't universal. A lot of these things aren't universal, probably all of them, but they are in place to help people to afford um, preschool. And I feel as if instead of having universal pre-K, like making it, calling it that or having that, you could just raise the um, ceiling for the income-based stuff or the income-based stuff we have. You could just raise it up because it is too low. And I feel as if instead of making a whole new program or doing this, you could just raise the income because, you know, some people are one dollar off from what it is. And because of that, they for some reason in the government's hit mind. Oh, you could afford this. You could afford that. And they really can't. So I think all we should really do. I'm not saying if universal pre-K happened, I wouldn't be upset. Like these things, I really wouldn't be upset. I'm not for it, but it wouldn't be like the end of the world to me. Um, but I do think that there's ways we could do it without not making it universal. I honestly think we should just like raise the limit of the uh, income, raise it up a little bit. But like, I, but I guess like if if we believe in this idea of equality, like why why should social programs be um, why should there be thresholds for social programs? I mean, Medicare is for everyone. So even Donald Trump with supposedly all his money qualifies for Medicare when he needs health insurance. I guess I'd love to hear your take on that. Um, I do. I don't think, honestly, when it comes to like universal pre-K, I honestly, honestly, it doesn't have to be a cutoff. I mean, to me, with, with like Head Start or these other things, it could honestly be any income bracket, but I mainly think that we should focus on the lower income people because they need help the most. I feel like the higher earners, they could afford it, they could do it. It's not really that big of a deal to them, but the lower income people are the people who are um, who really need the help. The middle class might actually need help. There's some people in the middle class who honestly needs assistance and who sometimes can't get assistance because of certain thresholds or because their income is a little bit larger than what the income requirement is. I think that maybe we should get rid of income requirements and just like, if you need this, but then that's technically universal pre-K. But still, like, honestly, though, maybe instead of calling it universal pre-K, we go, then wasn't Head Start created by the government, though? Um, Linda B. Johnson, didn't he implement the Head Start program? You know more than I, me. I, I don't think know. He did. I, think been, I think it might have been, I think it might have been part of his great society. Yeah, part of Linda the war on poverty. Good call, Steve. Yeah, uh, instead of bringing in universal pre-K, this whole new bill, maybe we should expand um, Head Start and expand other local programs too that have they have for preschool. Maybe just focus on expanding all those programs instead of bringing in something new. Okay. Okay. Well, so, what else is in the bill? What so else? we got community college, we got preschool. Um, what about family leave? That's where I don't know how I feel about family leave. Um, it depends on the final. I think didn't family leave get left out though by Biden over at the end? Well, it looks like it looks like um, cinema and mansion aren't big supporters of it. Okay. Okay. I have no clue how I honestly feel on it. Um, 
because Joe Manchin is okay with it, I think I might be okay with it because he's more of a moderate. I see him now as a moderate Republican than I do as an actual Democrat. <laughs> so uh, since he's okay with it, I think I might, I have to look further into it, but it is a good idea. It just depends on how long it's for. Right. Honestly. Right. Right. I hear you. Yeah. I think, um, I think I, I think those are actually the bigger game changers for me is um, uh, daycare, preschool and family leave. I think those are really so much more important because the brain development and the health development of babies. I mean, like, I think as a society, we should like I'm happy to chip in for that. Yeah. Um, uh, so but it's so frustrating that no Republicans, every single Republican in the Senate and every single Republican in the house is voting against it and i don't understand why tell me steven tell me don't I you do they call you are you no, on the text chain I, I wish they did yeah i know <laughs> i know i wish they did too. i feel i feel as if with them the whole universal the word universal pre-k uh, universal community college uh i those are the triggering words for us republicans especially really triggering words and i think it's a better way we could do it like i said with the whole head start situation since that is technically with the government i think we should just we should revisit head start and redo it um, like my saying, how I feel about Head Start is how I feel about Obamacare. Uh, that's one of the things I agree with Trump. I think we should have replaced Obamacare, but he what? didn't have a. But hang on, hang on, hang on. But he didn't have a solution to replace Obamacare, a more better right. solution. Right. And so, because he didn't have a better solution, I felt like it shouldn't have got replaced. I, I respect John McCain for voting no because I would vote no because you had you had you had no solution for it. So I mean, come on, you had no better solution. And, that but, was really important. Yeah, but I feel as if, and the whole thing with the whole COVID during the pandemic, trying to get rid of it, I didn't think we should have got rid of it then. It was inappropriate because people needed healthcare and people depended on it. So I, I do have a heart somewhat. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm not questioning your heart. Questioning your heart. I think, yeah, people have an assumption about me, but I actually do care. It's just that I my opinions more lie with the GLP than it does the Democrats. But I think that one thing we could do to convince Republicans is probably go back and revisit Head Start. I think if we we change the wording from universal pre-K and we try to do something with um, Head Start or we just change up the whole the pre-K thing, then it will pass. Same thing with the community college. But from the community college standpoint, it's more easier to explain than the pre-K because I don't know uh, honestly how to explain that from a Republican's point of view. I know how to, but it's like very difficult to because it makes us sound bad. But I agree. (laughs) The community college thing, though, they feel like community college is easy to pay for. That's honestly how I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. That's how they feel. They feel it's less cheap, it's way cheaper than regular college. So people should be able to afford it, especially if they get financial aid or something. That's honestly how they feel. And that's their mindset. But like I said, with me, I'm not for it. But if it does happen, it's not going to be that big increase in taxpayer money because just because, I mean, it is much cheaper than original college, regular four-year university, traditional school. Right, right. 
You know, I, I, I get so I get so confused about people worrying about their tax liabilities increasing. Like I was, again, talking to one of my Republican friends who um, said he was a big fan of John Kasich because he cut my taxes. And he said, you should be appreciative, appreciative of it, too, because he cut your taxes. Well, actually, my taxes increased because of John Kasich, because he budget um, that city spend and he, and he um, effectively reduced the the decent, the amount of increase to school funding, to my local school district funding. Um, so that means my income tax in Cleveland increase and my property tax increased. So it's like, you know, no matter, <laughs> it, it's like, it's like, no matter what happens, I feel like my taxes are going to go up because every time Republicans are in charge, they decrease taxes on the wealthiest people. For example, in Ohio, they've, um, uh, I'm going to save like $50 in the reductions that uh, DeWine and, and the new house have passed. But if you make over like 400,000 or half a million dollars, you're going to save $4,000. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's like, I don't understand. Help me understand. Like Republicans keep on stressing about like, we're not going to raise taxes on working people or middle-class people. But like every time that they're in power, my taxes keep on increasing because like, we don't think that kids should get less schooling just because rich people want to pay less taxes. Okay, so uh, the first part about that with the taxes and the rich people, uh, most rich people donate to us. They're our donors. They support us. Our super PAC. They usually donate a lot of money to us. So that explains the whole tax for the rich because Trump did the same thing. He, he could did cut some taxes for everyday people, but his tax cut was mostly for the rich. Um, Another thing is with the whole education thing, I think that uh, Republicans, we talk about bettering education, but we actually need to really better educating. Um, I think eventually we need to implement school choice and get rid of school districts. I honestly do believe that and let people go where they want to go to school. Because sometimes and some school districts, if you lie about where you live still, you could still go to jail, you could get tickets, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. And I think that's actually a bipartisan thing that we could actually uh, do together in the future once I get in there. <laughs> so what do you so like so like you'd get to go to whatever school is in your whole county? Um, yeah, or just where school you want to. I think we should do it within counties, but not really just counties. I think within a certain amount of distance, because I mean, no one's really going to want to go to a school three hours away from them. No one's parents going to want to wake up and do that every day. But I think we should, um, like if somebody wants to go to school, they live in Cleveland and uh, they want to go to school in Shaker, let them go to Shaker or Cleveland Heights. Or um, where else do we have? Euclid or Strongsville or um, Lakewood, anywhere like that. If they want to go to school there, let them go to school there. That's honestly how I feel. Let's better their education. If they won't feel like they'll get a better education, then let them, like, for instance, there's people who come far to come to our school. Yeah, there's a lot of people from, like, Euclid or Cleveland Heights yes. that don't want to go to their school and choose to come here for whatever reason. Yeah, so we need to have more stuff like that, I think. And I think Republicans, we honestly, 
would be interested in doing it, but it just, we need to figure out, I think Republicans, we need to like just sit down and rethink our morals because right now we're out of whack. I think both parties are out of whack, honestly. And I think both parties make promises that they're, they know they're not going to keep. Like when we say we're going to lower taxes and they're going to lower taxes, I mean, nobody, both of them not going to lower taxes. I mean, honestly, I just feel as if the Republican policies, the thought of Republican policies and the actual um, execution is totally different. Like certain things to me make sense. Um, Better education is cool, but cutting funding for me, I mean, uh, no, that's not how you better education. Um, So I do think that Republicans, we say one thing and then we go out and do another thing, but we need to change that because like I said, the actual values and principles that they actually have, like minding your own business, um, they want better education now, that's a big thing they talk about, lowering the crime rate, it's a lot of things that we could do to do it that we're not doing, and I think that we need to start doing it. We um, talk about Democrats and Republicans, they slam each other all the time, talk mess about each other but at the end of the day to me they're both kind of equal and they both just need to show out the other one republicans were in charge and for the longest they really didn't get anything done democrats are in charge now we see how that's going i mean so honestly if we're being honest now america needs a break from both parties and we just need to i think sometimes i honestly think we need to hit the reset button because it's like dang we really nobody's really doing anything and it's just sad to see and i think that the state of the country currently is sad too where we can't have simple conversations like this or where people can't sit down and talk because someone's going to get offended or someone's going to say something offensive like oh democrats are stupid or this or another or republicans are racist it's just that this whole the whole country right now is messed up but I do think Republicans, we need to do a better job about executing our plans. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was very eloquent. So what do you think? Should we uh, kill the filibuster? No. Okay. Why do you say that? I say no, because Democrats want to kill the filibuster so they could get stuff accomplished, certain Democrats. And I understand that, why you wouldn't want that, because that is going to hold you back eventually. Well, so it is holding you back now with certain things. Republicans have filibustered things during this Congress time. But Republicans are going to get back the House or the Senate. One of the two, I think is going to be the House. I don't necessarily think it's the Senate. Maybe they'll get back the Senate, but they're going to, it looks like they're going to get back the House in 2022. And by, and they were going to try to um, accomplish some things. And what if Trump wins again in 2024? There's certain things you have to think about. So getting rid of the filibuster to me is going to be a short term answer. But over time, it's not going to look so good because then uh, for certain things that you don't want to happen or certain things you want to pass, it's going to be nothing stopping them from passing it. And same thing with Republicans. I think Republicans, I honestly feel this is an issue for both parties because I feel like Republicans are going to eventually try to talk about ending the filibuster when, if Democrats stay in control or whenever they get that control or whatever. I feel like we're eventually going to try to talk about that. And oh, I'm for sure. And I'm going to say the same thing that I'm saying now. Uh, no, because it's the short term answer and it is going to create long term problems. And I understand why certain black people will want to end it because of racist things, the whole um, 
sixties, the fifties, all of that, with Jim Crow trying to end it, all that, passing um legislation for African Americans. I understand that part, but at the end of the day, I think that it's not a good idea because I feel like all chaos will break loose. And it's honestly, honestly, we need it to work because I mean both sides are gonna eventually complain if we end it. They're both gonna complain about the ending eventually. And like I said, right. I just think it's a short term answer for um, something that over time is going to end terribly. Right. Well, well, but isn't the filibuster in part like there to help not make the Senate work? So like on the one hand, you were saying like, well, both parties are bad at doing stuff, but the filibuster is there to prevent people from doing stuff. So like. That's true. I see your point there, but I think the filibuster is like, honestly, both sides use it to their advantage. And I honestly think that like both sides really can use it like i do think we need stuff but it's not going to end anything from getting done it's just going to slow down the process of stuff getting down it's not going to completely end anything getting down if it was going to end stuff getting down it might have been a different subject topic for me might have been different but because it just slows it down i mean it's different my friends bernie sanders did a filibuster for how long like eight hours he did a filibuster for a very long time one time in the city so both sides well, he's not really a Democrat. He's technically independent. But both sides really gotcha. Use, yeah, both sides really use the filibuster. And I think that could bring us actually together. That's something bipartisan is not in the filibuster. Because Joe Biden doesn't want to end it. Mitch McConnell doesn't want to end it. I think that's one of the bipartisan things we can honestly do is fight back the ending of the filibuster. Okay. Okay. That's Fair point. Idea. Good answer. Good answer. What so before before we go, I gotta ask you. What about popular vote? Are we keeping the electoral college or are we going to popular vote? Okay, the popular vote. I think, okay, honestly, honestly. Now, this is my Republican answer and the stupid answer. Do whatever you want. The, the whole thing with the electoral college is simple. I think we should get rid of it. I honestly do. Um, because it's overall not reflective of what current will the popular vote. A big issue with the popular vote that I actually found out is that a big percentage of it comes from California. And um, California is mostly Democrat. I mean, I, I think the last time they flipped red in the presidential election was for Ronald Reagan. So that was a long, long time ago. So the hit, but um, same thing with Vermont. That's the last time they flipped red, but that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, but like I was saying, um, the electoral college, I feel like is necessary to a certain extent, but over time it's shown that it's really not. Like with Trump in 2016, I mean, Hillary was more popular. But Republicans fear, uh, I'm speaking for the party here because they don't, they're not like bold enough to say it. They're scared that they'll never win an election if we honestly get rid of the electoral college. And I feel that way. <laughs> And I feel that it's partially their fault and partially the people's fault. I feel like the people really don't give Republicans a chance anymore. And Republicans don't really give people a chance anymore. And I well, think- But Stephen, I have, but what if Republicans just changed their views to be more popular? What if they like just did what people wanted? They could do that. 
but still, even if they did change their views, I think people will still be a little hesitant on them because, you know, of the whole Trump thing and all that. So I think that the reason why Republicans don't want to end the Electoral College is because they're scared they'll never win an election again. And that's just... I think you're right. That's just the answer. I don't think that's true. I think it's Republicans who can win the popular vote. I mean, George Bush won the popular vote before, so anything (laughs) so anything is possible. So... I mean... Uh, but what are George Bush's poll numbers right now? George Bush's poll. Oh, I don't know. Honestly, thirty percent, twenty-five percent. People hate that guy. I, I, I want to say hate that guy. I mean, I rather have George Bush and then um, Donald Trump. I mean. George W. Bush wasn't invited to the twenty sixteen Republican convention. Yes, I know. I know. I, I mean, still think rather, about I that. Have him Trump, though. Um, I mean, and Michelle Obama were... and Barack Obama were like more popular than Clinton in the 2016 Democratic Convention, and they don't even invite their their guy. It's crazy. I, I know. I know. That's another thing with both. That's another thing that concerns me moving forward with Democrats is the fact of the unpopular candidates. Republicans, they're, they're these people, the people who they got in line are questionable people. Trump and Ron DeSantis are some major red flags for me. Ron DeSantis is a mini Trump. That's all he is. <laughs> and they are really popular. And their popularity continues. Like I'm on Instagram a lot. I'm on Facebook a lot. And all I see is Oh, Biden is terrible. Like, I hear this from people who campaign hard for Biden, like me. I don't like Biden's presidency right now, for real honesty. It would be honest. I really don't like it. But I'm not to the point where I would vote for Trump. I just would vote for Mitt Romney, right? And Mitt Romney's name was 724 if it came down to mention. But people really, like, people are starting to be like, oh, maybe Trump wasn't that bad. Or we should vote for Trump. Or it is then the third. And I'm seeing, like, Biden become more unpopular. And then Kamala, she's becoming unpopular, too. And those are, like, the two heavyweights they have right now. The Republicans have Donald Trump. They have his mini-me, Ron DeSantis. They got Ted Cruz. They have a lot of people who reflect Trump, who, for some reason, is still popular. And because of that, to me, they have like a bigger advantage going forward, but it's a disadvantage too. Because Republicans like me, we get shut out because we don't agree. And I think that's another issue with Republicans. We get, they're trying to, I won't say they're trying to shut our mouths, but they are at the same time. It honestly is. And the Republicans who stand up to Trump, they go off and retire. They have no fight. They have no fight left in there. Rob Portman. <laughs> he voted for the January 6th commission and then retired, right? And then gonna be gone. Like, come on, man, do better. This stuff like that just just really, yeah, it really irritates me. All right. Well, this was great fun. Before we go, predictions 2022? 2022 predictions. House Republican. Kevin McCarthy, your next speaker of the House. Do I approve of this? No, but hopefully he becomes a better uh, leader. I mean, I I honestly don't want to see it, but I think it's going to happen. The Senate, it depends. It honestly depends to me. I don't know. The Senate is wide open to me because we really don't know what can happen. There's 23 Republicans defending. I know, I know. Like 12 Democrats defending to me. Yeah, I don't think Republicans are going to take control of the um, Senate, but I do think they're going to take control of the House. And all the polls I've seen lately with the House race are trending towards Republicans anyway. 
and it's a lot of CNN is starting to realize it. I see there's a lot of some major news sources who are starting to realize it too. That because I feel like the one thing is that Trump wasn't popular, but the Republicans were kind of popular in 2020. I might say it was Trump who wasn't. Yeah, Trump the one who lost. The rest of them did pretty well. I mean, well, they did pretty Trump, well themselves. Trump turned people out. Trump turned a lot yeah. of people out to vote. Okay, uh, uh, 2024, Biden's going to win again? I think at this rate, Trump is going to win again. And the only reason why I say that is because my generation are being turned off to vote. And um, I feel like a lot of people who actually went out their way to vote aren't seeing anything, quote unquote, accomplished that they wanted to see. So that's going to turn them completely off. Hopefully it's a Republican who could upset Trump in the primaries. I don't know if that will happen. I, I hope he will. I'll campaign for him. But the way things are going right now, I think Trump will be back in office in 2024. I'm not saying I support him. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to endorse him no matter what. But I, I do see him. If it's between him and Biden or him and Kamala or him and Bernie, even Bernie's not going to run, though. Even whoever the Democrat nominee is, because uh, they they can't get along right now. And they're, they're the ones in charge, technically. You see, they're in charge. And that's what people are seeing. And because of the whole unpopularity thing, like, for instance, the Virginia's governor race, the Democrat has failed falling in the polls. And I feel like it's because he brought in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. If he didn't bring them in, he will be fine. Or also because of the rhetoric that he keeps saying, Youngkin, the Republican candidate, oh, he's against... um vaccine mandates oh he's against um this that and the third and it's turning people off and he brought up trump more than youngkin did youngkin hasn't even brought up trump for real youngkin's not even campaigning with trump mccallum right. is the one who brings up trump 24 7 and i just feel the unpopularity of the democratic party is going to what's is what's going to end up being their downfall in 2020 and in 2024 but a lot could change in that time mm. okay well we'll see how it turns out Yes, we will. Um, do you have anything else you would like to say before we sign off? Uh, so much fun. I, it's so awesome that you're engaged and you're trying to reach the people. Um, uh, your sincerity. I appreciate your willingness to kind of go at me. Um, I love it. I love it. Thank you I really so do. much. I really do. Thank you. Thank you so much. This well, is great thank fun. you all so much. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for tuning in to Both Sides with Stephen Connor, and we shall see you next time. Peace.